Hello and welcome back to chapter four of the of Muggles and Mudbloods podcast with me, Tavi Wickman and Mona Musa. Today we're talking about the chapter Flourish and Blots from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Um, we're going to go into a few different things, a bit about Diagon Alley this time. It's it's that time of the year. Harry's going to get his books. We're also going to talk about the new professor coming to Hogwarts, Gilderoy Lockhart, <laughs> and the introduction of Muggle or Mudblood and Blood Trader Prejudice by the Sacred 28 and the Malfoy family. So, yeah, that's what we're going to go into. Mm-hmm. Sound like fun? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, this chapter, it's your turn to summarize. Oh, no. The thing. Yeah. Um, how much time do I so, have? Um, we said a minute. We said a minute. Okay. We said a minute. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and three, two, one, and go. go. So, Harry is enjoying his time at um the borough and having a great time there being interrogated by arthur weasley they take the they take flu powder which is a new form of transport for harry to get to diagon alley um he says the wrong thing and become ends up in um this dark shop where lots of issues happen and lucius malfoy is selling all off dark objects he runs out of there and meets rubius hagrid who helps him get to the Weasleys and the Grangers, where they go into Flourish Blocks and buy a bunch of books, meet the absolute nightmare that is Gilderoy Lockhart. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and Lucius Malfoy and Arthur Weasley get in a fight, which is great. And Malf- um, Gilderoy Lockhart wants to use that for his news reportage to make him seem like the person that people are fighting over his attention because he is a fucking narcissistic piece of shit. Um, Time's up. <laughs> Can you tell that I do not like Gilderoy Lockhart? It was pretty obvious from the start. <laughs> like, incompetent bastard. <laughs> like, damn, son. Like, wow. Okay, yeah. Um, did not know I was going to go that negative against Gilderoy Lockhart, but... I mean, I mean he can burn a hole. I mean, he, he fucks up in this chapter, and he fucks up in another chapter, so you'll have, like, plenty of time to talk shit about him. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I do feel a little bit sorry for him. He spends the rest of his life in um, St. Mungo's, um, basically, like, because he destroyed his own memory with a backfiring charm. Oh, my God, yeah. Wait, so it never came back? No, it never came back. Oh. Like he, he destroyed his, his own life, yeah. I mean... Karma's a bitch. Literally. Um, your life. So there's a few things we, got, we can go into here. Um, and... The first one is like the difference between like how there's a difference between how flu powder is portrayed in the books and the movies. Mm-hmm. In the movie, Harry gets into the fire with normal flames and then drops the handful, and then he he goes to Diagon Alley, right? Yeah. Um, and like the the suit and the stuff like that, like you make him cough and say the wrong thing. Yeah. In the book, you toss the the um the green powder into the flame first which oh. is a really good idea because okay. i wouldn't want him to step into like an open fire without like doing anything magical to it first 
<laughs> Wait, I I thought I, in the movie he doesn't step in like the, he steps into actual fire and then puts the power like yeah he, like, he dropped it yeah exactly yeah he drops it up from like um head height almost, yeah like whereas yeah. like in the books he tosses them before oh no tossing it before would make so much more sense than... now because like jumping like going into the fire and be like yeah this is fine it's just burning me and giving me severe burns yeah that's yeah but it, like I mean it makes sense Harry did freak out. In the movie. Yeah, yeah, he did. He was he panicking, did. so like <laughs> he was like what? <laughs> But anyway, it could be magical fires, like wizarding fires don't burn hot. I don't know. I mean, then why would there be fire in a wizarding world if it's not hot? Like what's the no, purpose of that fire then? That's 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 very, very, <laughs> very true. I did not think of that. I'm um, the logical <laughs> one here for once. <laughs> <laughs> um it also doesn't make sense how like all the fire pits then are like in like and Hogwarts are like small. Yeah. Like they're not like they're not like tall fire. Like you're you're hampering the ability to use the flu network by building small fireplaces. Mm-hmm. You want to build big fireplaces to make the flu network work. Exactly, and like you know there are, ba- there there are like bigger people and like taller human like I mean taller muggles and wizards. So like, does does flu powder work for Hagrid? I don't. Can I? Is is it, can I find the answer online? Maybe, but it, I, it could be like some magic is exclusively human or humanoid. So I don't know if like if like house elves or um, goblins can use better. I think they logically could. Um, yeah. And arguably, would be easier for them because they don't have to, um, you know, <laughs> get in the fireplace um, as difficultly. Like Hagrid is fucking huge. He would need a bonfire, basically. Yeah, because like the first thing that I that I saw is like, oh yeah, Hagrid appears uh, too big to use the flu network. He can't ride a broom and cannot legally operate. Okay, so there's there's like a yeah, because he had to connect to the flu network. Yeah, kind of like the it's one of like the Ministry of Magic things, you know, it's like the telephone network for muggles. It's like the flu network. It's like mm-hmm. it's like the, it's like connecting to the grid. You you need to register your house with the flu network. I don't like know. heating and plumbing for muggles. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> way to go. We're we're deep into flu powder now. Um, mm-hmm. That that green fluff, not the green powder. Oof. Yeah, that's yeah. a interesting interesting subject. So one other thing is that like. From a perspective of Muggleborns, um, going to like Diagon Alley by yourself or like with your parents is a really bad idea. Why? Because if it, like if if there's like scary like sketchy areas with with like, people that collect teeth and shit. Oh yeah, like if if, if the parents carpet. if the parents are Muggles, sure yeah. it would be weird. But at the same time, like. It's it's the parents like they have to be there for their kid, yeah. And like, no, what happens in the in the wizarding world? Yeah, I, I think they must. They probably have to have like a, um, a ministry with which a wizard coming with them. Yeah, probably. To show, to make sure that they don't they don't get fucked. Yeah, and and like to make sure that they they go to the right place as well. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Um, oh, help them open the Gringotts bank account, that kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
that also brings me to one thing. We, we, we like later on in the books, um, we, in this chapter, it's mentioned that Bill Weasley is um, working as a code breaker for Gringotts in Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. One of the real things here for me is the, the question about, is Gringotts a multinational bank? I mean, I would assume, like, why would there be different banks for the wizarding world if, if and it, oh, it would be so much easier to handle and control and make sure everything's in order when yeah, you have, there's... like, a multinational bank. Maybe goblins are a multinational race <laughs> that does not um, does not uh, adhere to human uh, border distinctions, right? Yeah. And you're just like laughing. It's like fuck. Um, I'm I'm talking to someone, and like I, I did say, like I'm recording a Harry Potter podcast and stuff, and I and one one of the episodes that we've recorded before was like us talking about magic spells and how I would use certain spells oh, yeah, different yeah, yeah, ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. no, as in like the 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 statement was that that made me die. I'm not I'm not gonna read it. Like it's just. Basically, as in, like, you can literally, like, switch your um, adventurous life around to see, like, you can do it from different, like, you can see it from different perspectives. You can be in, like, the other gender's body and stuff with using magic. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) And that's just a normal person that I'm talking to. It's not even (laughs) for the podcast. (laughs) Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, I think it's 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 a pretty interesting idea that like, Gringotts might be like a a multinational institution, which kind of like raises the question about how Voldemort actually controlled it. Wait, how, wh- why? How? Why would Voldemort like when he took over the Ministry of Magic in the UK? He like okay. put in Wizarding Guards and Gringotts and that kind of stuff. So, I'm mm-hmm. wondering if like the go- Goblin were kind of just like humoring him. It's like. We'll let him think that he controls it. <laughs> I feel I feel like that is something quite possible. Because like Voldemort is only is like we've established this earlier, but like Voldemort is only like a single country threat, right? He's yeah, he's not an active threat in multiple nations. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that logic, we can assume that like though he can't theoretically effectively threaten Gringotts um, without incurring harm to his own Death mm. Eaters because part of a bank's attractiveness is, you know, having an international network of Gringotts banks. <laughs> yeah. um, the financial industry of the wizarding world. No, I, I, I honestly, like, I don't think Voldemort is, like, that powerful or, like, that threatening enough to be able to, like... Um, like control the bank and everything. I think I think like the goblins were humoring him. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just let him think that he's doing what he wants. And then yeah, he's he's running he's running the show. Like, like <laughs> yeah. Maybe like maybe like Gringotts Bank is a contemporary of like the financial network of the Knights Templar. Um, okay. The Templar Knights basically had a uh, ability to transfer. You'd, you'd place your, your money with the Knights Templar and you could pick it up in other mm. places. It was like a very, it was a, it was a medieval system of transferring money. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, how, it's part of how the Knights Templar became such a powerful 
and rich organizations because they were actually really few um, international financial institutions at the time, right? Mm. Um, if we have any um, experts <laughs> on medieval history, a European medieval history that, that is here, um, and I'm wrong, please do correct me, but hopefully I'm right. Um, <laughs> so this is what I remember reading. So we're, we're thinking like that kind of way, like they're, they're working um, to to basically be like that international institution, which lets you transfer money. And mm. if, and you can't really fuck with them unless you can fuck with them on, in all areas, which is why um, they needed a papal decree to dissolve the Knights Templar and, and then them. Okay. Like you really needed to go at them in all countries because if you try to take them out of one area, they move everything to another country and then they come back with you because they have all the money. Mm. Um, <laughs> don't attack your banker. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, a, it's one of the lessons that Sweden and Switzerland have learned very well is you don't attack the bank or the arms dealer. The what theater? You don't attack the bank or the arms dealer. Oh, the arms dealer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't attack the guy you get your gun or your money <laughs> exactly. from. Exactly. That wouldn't make um, any sense. Because you, t- you can attack everyone else because mm-hmm. you can get your gun and your money from somewhere else. But like, you, mm-hmm. you can't go ahead and be like, yeah, um, we're buying weapons from this guy. Let's go attack him. Yeah, no, that wouldn't make any sense. Like, at one there. point, like in like the medieval, in the... 15, 1600, like Sweden was standing like 60 to 70% of all European iron production. Mm-hmm. Which means that if you want to fight a war in Europe at the time, then we you, were... Were, you were using Swedish steel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to fuck with the guy that's n- the reason you have the ability to put an army in place. Then, of True. course, Sweden had a habit of attacking everyone. So, mm-hmm. anyway, anyway. Um, Here's your uh, quick lesson of Scandinavian history. (laughs) Sweden, not the neutral country you think it is. But we'd like to portray ourselves as neutral, you know, like in a sit on the outside, um, sneaky on the inside. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The father of modern warfare is a Swede. Yeah. So um, there you go. A little bit of um, European history. I mean, everyone learns something new every day, so this could be your new history lesson of the day, people. Okay, let's let's <laughs> let's um let's get over to um let's go over to Flourish and Blots. We've we've met the Weasleys and the Grangers, and mm-hmm. we are now gonna go in there and buy ourselves some course books, textbooks, and basically everything from Gilroy Lockhart's um authorship because he is trying to make this a get rich scheme by making all the students at Hogwarts buy his books. Mm-hmm. Really fucking unethical. I mean, it, but, it, but, it, but it's like, it's Lockhart. What do you expect exactly. out of him? What, what do you have? He's an invertebrate. He, invertebrate. he yeah. has no moral compass. Exactly. Um, I... Little piece of shit. I was going to say that he's basically a proper piece of shit. Like, that's the only way to describe him. That's a real dick move. Like, <laughs> like just like, I'll just make everyone buy all my books. Seriously? I mean, but, but like, you you have, like, those kind of things happening in, like, the human world as well. It's like people just, like, you know, taking advantage of people. And they're like, yeah, I'll just use them for their money. I'll take all of their money and then disappear. <laughs> Like how all, half your textbooks are written by your professor in the course you're taking? No, no, actually, like for my master's, it's mainly like um, 
journal articles and stuff we've like i've barely read a full book for my courses i still i still have that issue it's like yeah this 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 book is this book is written by your professor oh yeah about that oh yeah oh yeah i mean i do get it but also at the same time like they've written it so they can teach it as well so like that's not really the same as lockhart though (laughs) and (laughs) that's true okay but this leads me to the question or or something that I read a few days ago. Um, do you know what a Harry like what the currency that Harry Potter used like in the wizarding world? Uh, it's galleons, sickles and nuts. Okay. So so basically like, you know, if you if you ask them like, "Oh, how did you pay for this?" or like, you know, "How do you pay for that?" Kids or like teens can be like, "These nuts." Oh my fucking god! That's that's. Oh, can you picture it, the Weasley twins? Oh, yeah. Just being like, um, the like Mrs. Weasley being like, so how how do you buy all these candies? These nuts. nuts. Oh my god, that's, that's fucking terrible. And like for, I, for those like who don't know, it's like K N U T. It's not even like a nut. Yeah. Nut. It's yeah. like. <laughs> but so and I guarantee that that is something that Fred and George would say like there's not a doubt in my mind about that it would have been a, a perfect opportunity like at some point in the movies to be like these nuts the, but the movies had to be PG come on like they talked about snogging like yeah I'm, but, I'm sorry, um, but nuts as in like their currency nuts what else do you think about like it's just not, not everyone has a dirty mind like Utah. Utah, be like, no, it's just nuts. As <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> that's the that's the least realistic thing about Hogwarts is that there's never there was never a case in the books where one of the the boys in the wizard um in the like Gryffindor common room was like Engorgio and then like have to be rushed off to Madame Pomfrey <laughs> to get like um resized. <laughs> You know. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shut up because I know I would go off on tangents and thinking <laughs> how and why. I'm just gonna shut up about it. Yeah. So, anyways, in, back to um, Flirt and Blots. We have the the argument between uh, Mr. Weasley and uh, Lucius Malfoy. Ooh. The the other piece of shit in the chapter. Um, and where we first hear the terms blood traitor and mudbloods. Oh. So this is where we first encountered the one of the really defining concepts of the book, which is the the wizarding racism. Mm-hmm. The elitism and the uh, blood purity of um, purebloods, which we, we can kind of compare to like the idea of blue bloods and the aristocracy in the UK, for example, like you're a noble woman or noble man. You're, you're, you can't marry a commoner. Mm. You've got to marry within your rank, within your station. Okay, this might be a dumb question, but how do you get like, like, how how do kids become wizards all of a sudden? Like, how how do they become mudbloods? Like, you know, it's like how how are human. So basically, um, magic is like a, a inherited gene. It's something that you inherit from your parents or from 
um, grandparents, whatever it is. So like mm-hmm. it goes generation to generation. You have the wizarding families where you get, it gets passed down again and again and again. Um, every now and then, on, on the other hand, you have what's called a squib that shows up, like August Filch, for example, um, okay. or the woman who um, tortured Harry with all her cats every time we visited, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, basically, the thing, the thing there is that they they did not inherit the magical gene, and then they, in most cases, um, Filch being an exception, they mm-hmm. marry off, they, they join the uh, muggle world, and they live a life in that world um, that has at least, you know, some sense of normalcy, which means they're not, you know, the one person in their entire uh, community that they can't do magic, which kind of sucks. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, at some point, that dormant magical gene in their bo- that they have mm-hmm. um, will show up in a coming in coming generations, so maybe one, two, three generations later, somebody in their family, one of their grandchildren, great grandchildren, for example, mm. suddenly has magic. So that's that's the inherited gene right there. So magic, okay. magic is an inherited gene. Um, so that's a Muggleborns uh, appear. Um, okay. Which is why the the um, the Lord Voldemort Ministry of Magic argument that you know. You can steal magic is not correct. It's no, basically okay. you have wizarding ancestry. It's just not the generation precisely before yours. Mm. You would have to do, go back a bit farther in the genealogy to find out which 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 your wizard um, it is okay. that has, ma- has magic in your past. Yeah. I had no idea. That's basically <laughs> the so that's that's how that how that works. Um, yeah. And a little bit ironic considering that the Malfoys has have their issues um and there really is no family within the sacred 28 that is actually completely pure blood mm. but you know what you're gonna do exactly um, you get to rewrite history a little bit to make sure that you have um yeah mm-hmm. yeah anyway um i think that's it for this chapter right i think so yeah next chapter is Chapter 5, The Whomping Willow, um, and we'll be talking a little bit about, um, well, the trip to Hogwarts, Ninety Quarters, uh, magical education, and of course, classism, mm-hmm. and things like that. So please tune in for that and have a great time. See you later.